Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Strength Renewed with Dr. Thomas Hecker. We're back with Dr. Tom Hecker, and we're still talking about regenerative medicine. So what was your next step after um, decide? What what was your next decision to make to uh, pursue regenerative medicine? Well, so once got to the point where understood um, some of the key things that that can work and how they can work, um, doing a lot of study, a lot of research, reading a lot of papers, um, the next step was really to start figuring out, okay, can you put this to work? Can you put this into practice? So I was still at the orthopedic center. Um, practices was changing. They're a very focused uh, surgical group, and it was starting to become obvious that my aggressive approach towards non-surgical was not the ideal place to be practicing that. So it became pretty clear that it was time to move on. I felt very comfortable with what I knew and understood for the next steps of, of hey, what, how can we bring this to a clinic? But it was really just trying to get that, that ball rolling. So <clears throat> once we really had it, once, it's, I, the, for me, the, the biggest decision-making is understanding how the extracellular matrix component of regenerative medicine was really where I felt where regenerative medicine was going to be more successful than the concern, than the thinking that stem cells were the way to win. Um, more and more studying with the extracellular matrix, more and more understanding, reading some very good people in that space is what really started to convince me that this was more the real place to be than other places. So what was it about ECM, aka extracellular matrix, that grabbed your attention? Well, so there's a key researcher at the University of Pittsburgh's uh, medical school, and actually it's, it's with McGowan Institute of Regenerative Medicine. That's a wing of University of Pittsburgh's medical center. His name is Dr. Badalak, and he is kind of the key guru in the space of extracellular matrix. <clears throat> and he started studying this, gosh, 20, 30 years ago. And so he's using pig bladders and... and, and um, uh, cow stomachs, and what they would do is they would take that inner liner of the bladder off, or the inner liner of the of the stomach off, or even part of the small intestine, and then that inner liner is, uh, and they would decellularize this area, scrape it free of any cells, and that would give you this pure sheet of ECM. And he had been doing a lot of research that hey, this extracellular matrix creates this kind of perfect scaffolding so that if you put it in a wound environment, you can get good healing. And he was doing this for surgery. So like for you know abdomen surgeries and tendon wraps and stuff like that. But he was convinced it could do a lot more. And he got uh, permission to do a study with the US military where they had soldiers where they damaged their quad muscles. So they, they, they um, incurred a concussion injury to the thigh that caused the muscle of 
good part of the quad muscle to die. And so the proposal was that if we can reinsert back this piece of extracellular matrix in there, we feel that we can get some kind of muscular structure back. And so um, the McGowan Institute took that one on. A key researcher, and her name was Dr. Ambrosio. She was very much a part of the research part of it. She's a doctor of physical therapy. And so they, they set up this really bold protocol. Well, son of a gun, they started to have success. They literally started to regrow back a full muscle complex by inserting Think about what this looks like. It looks like a, a kind of a partially torn up sheath of, sheet of paper. And they inserted that into this wound and it grew a full muscle. Now, did they just insert that and let them go? Yeah, so great question, Vaughn. <laughs> So the, the answer is no, because there were, they set up a really key protocol. What they wanted to do is say, hey, we want to prove, right, how far can this person recover? So, so prior to the surgery, Dr. Ambrosio, she's the physical therapist and the rehab specialist, she did a very vigorous rehabilitation on these people and marked out what level of strength or what could they get back to. So they could find out what was their rehab potential. So, so they rehabbed until they plateaued. Yeah, until they plateaued. And then they found, right, because they've had a, a, a loss of muscle, that that rehab was only could go so far. Correct. So then they implanted this, muscle, this, this sheet into the muscle. So they do this rehab, and then they implant it. And then how they post-op treated them was different. So some they treated them very conservatively. Hey, you can't walk on this. Six weeks of non-weight-bearing. Others, they literally walked them right out of the surgical room, put them on a bike, and made them go... Um, and so what they found is the ones that they rehabbed aggressively and then they implanted this sheet on and then did aggressive exercises afterwards had actually great success and they were rebuilding back this muscle complex. And what you have to remember, they, they just put this kind of piece of paper looking sheet of extracellular matrix into there and it grew into the full muscle complex, the, the muscle, the tendon, the neurovascular bundle, the whole nine yards, it grew back the structure. And it wasn't a perfect muscle structure, it had some some kind of abnormal shapes to it, but it was a functional muscle structure, and these soldiers had had substantial improvement in their function and, and their strength within their quad, and really what happened is a lot of their knee pain started to subside because they got the strength back to the to that quad muscle. So this was one of those <laughs> son so of a gun. Is, so this is regenerative medicine. So let me let me see if I'm tying this right. So before we talked about electrophysical therapy or physical mm -hmm. <clears throat> protocols yeah. that you'd use. Correct. Instead of exercising, these are what you use to stimulate those muscles and stimulate those perivascular cells that release. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what's so that fancy term perivascular cells. That was one of the the things that came out of this, right? So they were like, okay, what's going on? So when they would go back in and they biopsied this muscle, 
they found out that, hey, the, um, the muscle is actually changing. We're seeing this wound bed, and they started biopsying and saying, hey, wh what, what's in there that could be causing this? And they found that they're like, there's this odd cell in there. And they're like, what is that cell? And so they started chemically tagging it, and they found it was a stem cell around the vascular, and they called that the perivascular stem cell. And now it's, now it's commonly known as a parasite, but that was kind of the, one of the key things to pre-stem did all that physical therapy rehab prior to the surgery created this perfect wound bed that these perivascular st stem cells started filling into this wound site where the muscles were trying to grow and when they implanted that sheet of extracellular matrix in there it, be it created this perfect environment for the body to just take off because extracellular matrix again it it's a net it's a it's a scaffold so these cells have to attach to something so the myocytes can grow the tenocytes can grow all of the critical key cells can grow on something and then mature into a more uh, a mature structure and that's what they discovered hey we get this maturity and with that maturity of that tissue we get a more functional tissue Issue. So it's not as if the extracellular matrix itself is doing the repairing and the work. It is messaging or signaling your body to heal itself, and it's giving it the scaffold, correct, the nutrients, the yeah. and basically the signals to say, "Hey, here's damage. Let's repair." Yeah, that's the key with this one. It, it creates this kind of this perfect environment, so all the right things can happen. Because a good scaffold allows the attachment of the cells, but a good, good scaffold also degrades in a proper time so the, those cells can further mature. And the extracellular matrix just happens to be this perfect scaffold. And so a new term was created with that, and it's called constructive remodeling. So where normal healing, right, with, with anybody who ever has an injury, you know, the answer is you can never get back to full recovery. Uh, fibrosis is about the best we can achieve, so kind of a better scar. Well, well, this system created what we call constructive remodeling. It restored back a more normal-like tissue, n better than a scar, not a scar, and that's, that's where you go, okay, that's the change in regenerative medicine, right? That's true regenerative medicine. We're not creating a better scar, we're getting true good functional tissue or better functional tissue back, closer to normal than what you can do in any other space. Okay, so now that you've had an opportunity to read these articles and exchange emails with Dr. Badalak, what was the next step for you? Well, I think that was it. I, I, when, once you realize what he was doing and how how big it was. I mean, I, I think I, it really kind of surprises me. I, I don't think people appreciate really what just happened. I mean, I, as far as I ever knew, there's never been anybody who's regrown a muscle back like that. That's a, a, an amazing feat. And, and the McGowan Institute is very well known for some incredible firsts um, as, as a research center, and I think this was just one more of those. But now I'm fully interested, and I, I just felt I gotta meet Dr. Badalak. I have a million questions in my mind. Um, and so I it, wasn't, I- it wasn't the attachment of a cadaver arm <laughs> uh, to the guy and having it work and not have to take 
uh, rejection drugs for the rest of his well, life. Well, that was part of it. So, so you know, that that's really because the idea of that one is right. So they figured that they can decellularize the cadaver arm. So meaning, take away any cells that identifies this cadaver arm as foreign, and then reattach it to another person's body, and using an ECM base kind of a a, 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 a connection between, between the using this extracellular matrix that they can get a better um, uptake of this cadaver arm, and sure enough, it worked. So this idea that extracellular matrix is working to make you know, reanimate tissue, in essence, so to speak. It was it was just fascinating what they were doing and the success that they were having. And so you just like, okay, I'm just one of those guys that, okay, when you really find that there's some really smart people, I want to go meet those smart people. <laughs> so that was, I just decided to heck with it. I'm going to just give them a call and see if I can meet them. And so sure enough, um, we were able to get, the whole, get a hold of him and his secretary, and they said, absolutely, it'd be fine if I got on a plane and flew out there and you came with me. And so I thought, hey, I just, I just one, I wanted to learn more about what they were doing, but also I wanted to kind of run by my idea of doing regenerative medicine for a new clinic I was going to start. And so that was it. So got on the plane and we flew out there and, and we showed up at McGowan and next thing you know, they put us in a conference room and there's Dr. Badalak and here comes Dr. Ambrosio walking in the door and they go, well, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> and he literally asked a thousand questions. Yeah. So I think it, that was the most, um, one of the most enjoyable uh, times ever. We had great, legitimate, sincere conversation, scientific conversation, the pros and cons of stem cells, what's different about stem cells versus how extracellular matrix works, you know, the idea of what regenerative medicine really is and what we're trying to accomplish with regenerative medicine, the idea that it's a stepwise process, it's protocol, not not a one-step process. That was what was great about Dr. Ambrosio. She's being a, being a physical therapist and a rehab specialist. She, she really has protocols down and steps down. And so it was really, really good to have these very, very smart people that are not just, they're not just researchers, they're clinical people, but they're also doing real things. They're starting to create real changes for people's lives so that you can sit there and say, it's not theoretical anymore. It's actual fact. We can do this. We know this. These are the protocols that we saw work. We can expand on these ideas. Then that you can, you can take that to the next step and move that out to a clinic and start being productive and helping people. So that you're, was you're what was magic. physical therapy, um, extracellular matrix, science. You're you're adding all of these things to create a non-surgical option for people. Correct, and that's kind of the key, right? Because when you say non-surgical, you're trying to tell people that you could accomplish for them what a surgeon is gonna do, right? Because that's kind of what you're trying to imply. Hey, you have an injury that's pretty severe, and that would normally or typically require a surgery to fix. And I'm coming along saying, you know what? I think we can achieve the same level of success. I can get that tendon to get better. I can get that joint to get better, that the surgeon is going to do, I think I could do it without doing that surgery. And that, I will say, honestly, is a bold uh, statement to say that you're going to accomplish that. But I also felt I could 
Well, five years ago when you first started, I thought it was a very bold statement. <laughs> but after five years and some of the cases that we've seen, it's a fact now. Correct. And now it's a paradigm shift to try to get people to understand that there's a better way. Right. And that was, that was why it was so imperative, though, for me to go to McGowan and meet with those two researchers to say, this is what I'm thinking. Tell me if I'm wrong. I, you know, I, I sat down and I said, look, here's, here's how I want to go about this regenerative process in, a, in my patient setting. And tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if it's seven steps. Did I miss a step? Did, there's two more steps. You need to think about this. You forgot about this. I wanted their level of expertise. And that was what's fantastic. We sat down and had a delightful, extended conversation to where, you know, I was I, I, I was pleased because Dr. Bannock said, I think you got your steps down. And we were talking with Dr. Ambrosio, and she said, yeah, you, you, you have that rehab part. And so we were able to have some very genuine conversations about how do you tweak things and dial things in so that we can have success. And so when, when, when we came back and started this clinic, you know, Hacker Sports, now we can have confidence that, look, we can start this process, we can encourage people if they wanted to consider this process, that we feel confident that we could be successful. Because the honest answer is, right, until, you know, as far as I knew, I didn't know anybody else out there stepping out doing this. There are other people out there trying different injections and different— well, And you also went to visit them as well. Yeah, so several different clinics we went to visit who were using— um, a product. So one of the things we talked about with Dr. Badalak was, hey, the, the extracellular matrix was in a sheet, and I can't inject a sheet, so I was needing a uh, an injectable fluid um, uh, uh, ability to get the extracellular matrix in. And so I had done a lot of reading and a lot of homework on the idea that that amnion layer, so back in those days they were micronizing it, that, that harvest that amnion layer from the placenta, micronize it, make it very small so it would be flowable. And so I, I approached that with Dr. Badalak and I said, hey, I think this could be a good, decent substitute for the kind of extracellular matrix you're using that this amnion layer could give me an injectable ECM so I can have success with my patients. And he was very good about saying, hey, that's one source of extracellular matrix that he didn't consider as, as for his research, but he felt would be a very good uh, alternative. Um, and he was in the process at the time of creating a hydrogel that's injectable. And so literally that was more than five years ago. Now that's finally coming to fruition through clinical trials trials and starting to show some very, very good success. So that that's new things coming on the horizon. Our good old FDA is slow rolling, it, it, <laughs> but it's coming. <laughs> um, but it's exciting to think that that product can be something that we may have within the next year or so and can start utilizing as well for our patients in the clinic. But I think it was just that. I, you know, hey, now we have a good grasp. Now we know what we need to do. We're confident that our protocol is working. We now have an ECM source that, that in this micronized amnion that we can feel comfortable with. Now I wanted to go to clinics that were using it. Hey, you've tried this product before. You've worked on other people before. Now I wanted to go to those doctors and say, how'd you do? What happened? Can I talk to some people? Can I talk to you? You know, what was your success rate? And so, so took off to, to Arizona in particular and talked to a couple different clinics down there that had been doing that um, and were showing some good success. And some were, some were 
some of the doctors down there were using it in a surgical environment, and other doctors were using it in a clinical environment. But what was unique, none of them were using it in a protocol type of step process. And so they would say, yeah, it was good, but we didn't quite get what we thought here, and we didn't quite get here. And I was really confident that if we protocol this out, if we do the steps correctly, we could have far more success. And that was really the next step. So, you know, what we're finding out is it's not a $10,000 injection and see you down the road. Correct. Yeah. And I think that, so a lot of clinics, a lot of regenerative clinics, that's what they're really offering is just an injection. And I, I think I could be the first to say it, and, and, and a lot of other good doctors out there and, and, and scientists would say, injections alone don't work. That's not enough. That's exactly why what McGowan did and what they showed us, that there's a pre-process, there's an implantation process, and then there's a post-process, and each of those processes have to be done right. Because what they found is if we didn't do the, the prehab right, the surgery didn't go as well. If we didn't do the post-recovery right, the, 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 the muscle didn't regrow. So the process is what matters, not just the product of ECM or whatever injection you're doing. Okay. So now Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Now that you've done your tour of other physicians' offices and seeing how they're using it, uh, your trip to McGowan Institute and talked with Dr. Ambrosia and Dr. Badalak, and your trip to... Um, Memphis to BioD. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. You, 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 you come back home and now you're trying to put this puzzle together. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, I, I, you know, I, I totally forgot about that. So, after we went to Arizona and talked to those doctors down there, um, then I said, I want to visit the lab. Let's see if the product is being made right, it's being done well. Because I really do feel, I think that's one of the things that a lot of doctors mistake. They they just, they kind of trust the people who walks in the door and they say, oh, see what's in this little vial? It's all the stuff that you really hope that's in that little vial. And that's, you know, I've been in medicine long enough to learn that you don't trust what those guys say sometimes, that everything that they say is in this little vial that you're hoping that will work well isn't there. Well, when you read the fine print and it says may contain porcine, bovine, or human <laughs> dishes, and you're like, okay, which one is it? Yeah. We don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's the problem. I didn't want the lottery. I'm starting this I'm starting this new clinic and this new idea of, of trying to help people non-surgically. Um, it's imperative upon me to make sure that I am getting the best source for that patient. So that's my job as a doctor to understand and know, hey, what 
what is the good stuff and what isn't the good stuff. And it's my job to, you know, basically say, look, let's make sure this is right. So, so that that so we come from come back from Arizona. So then we hop on a plane and we fly out to Memphis. That's where the company uh, BioD headquarters were. So we met up with the owner out there, and then he brought us to the whole lab and we toured the lab, and we got to see from start to finish where they harvested. So that where so so amnion is that inner layer from a placenta. And so the issue was, okay, where's that placenta coming from? Well, he would show us how, hey, they had uh, a special group of people that when a pregnant mother was gonna go through a C-section, they would get a phone call and it was kind of like the, you know, this this emergency crew would go out there and they would, once that once that placenta has been delivered, once that C-section's been performed and they, they deliver the placenta, then it was an automatic Automatic handoff to this group's team, and they would they would there's very specific tissue protocols, very specific kind of cooling protocols that they would do. They would get it right back to the lab. They would start harvesting things well. So you were able to see every step and see that every step was being carried out the way it was supposed to be carried out. And if I remember correctly, the lab was maybe seven blocks from the hospital. Oh, it, it was, was very near. Very close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what they they had this great handoff and this great this. Great great process that was going on. And then they showed how they harvested that amnion layer, and they separated that away, and they made sure, and they did it in a way that they cleansed the tissue well. A lot of labs use very harsh chemicals that damage the tissue and can destroy the effect of them. Um, they maintained the right temperature so the tissue stayed very viable. And then they cryopreserved it down to minus 80. You know, so they, they, they remember they laid it out in sheets and then they micronized it down and then they cryopreserved this down to minus 80 so it would stay viable for long term. And so that was what was great. So you really see that, hey, this whole process is being done correctly. We know exactly how it's being done. We know exactly what's in every vial. We know exactly how it's processed, what chemicals are and aren't being used so we could be sure that this product was a good product. So once you saw that, and we had this very good conversation with with the with the the, the the researcher that was running that lab and the owner, then I felt confident that hey, that product that so that amnion that amnion layer that's micronized that that's my injectable extracellular matrix. Now I go okay. Now I feel comfortable that I can use that and have success with my patients. So I think that was really a critical step, and still is. You know, I have a very, very close relationship with the labs I use for this exact reason, because I want to know that they're as concerned about quality as I am about quality. And so I only use a couple labs because I have that confidence in what they're doing, and I've seen the process straight up. So I know exactly what every vial of, of this, uh, whether it's Amnion or other products we use, I know exactly what's in there. And my labs give me everything I need. They give me cell counts. They give me all the microbiology. They give me all the viral testing. They, they, they ensure everything that's going into that is quality. And that's what we need as physicians if we're going to ask, ask our patients to trust us in this process. And I, I, I will just tell you, I don't think that goes on a lot. Most people just assume everything is okay. and they, they don't believe the cells are going to yeah, come in. Or they don't, they, they think, they, they 
they believe that the tissue's being processed. And I don't think there's bad actors out there. I don't think there's people trying to put bad things in there. I just think, you know, how the tissue is processed is critical. And if it's not processed right, it's not going to be near as effective um, as if it's processed right and prepared correctly. And so, if you're going to do it, you want the good stuff, right? You want the stuff that you know is going to have the highest level of success. So when you say processed and, and, and things using to clean it, give me an example of what kind of damage is done because they're, the cells are not live, are they? Well, there's no cells, right? So, so, so what kind of damage is being done? So, so it's the it's the it, the cleaning materials. Many of the cleaning materials materials are really harsh chemicals, so they damage. So these protein structures are are of the extracellular matrix are what's what's critical. We don't want to change or cause or what we call cross-link these protein structures by doing a, a, a harsh wash or harsh chemicals on there. So, but you can easily start to damage those proteins, and when you cross-link them, they can't break down the way they're supposed to. So the quality scaffold is a scaffold that stays there for a while but goes away appropriately. Well, if you're doing these harsh chemicals, you lose that ability. And so now the scaffolding doesn't work well or it doesn't dissolve the way it's not. The body doesn't break it down the way it's supposed to. So you're not quite getting the process that you're looking for. So processing matters. And, and proteins, proteins are live, right? You know, you know, you know a, a dead protein doesn't function as well as a healthy protein. So we call it a denatured protein. So, it, you know, so we, we, we joke about roadkill, right? Would you rather want a fresh steak out of the freezer or the refrigerator, or would you want them to cut a piece of something off the roadkill and serve it to you, right? So the longer a protein is sitting at room temperature, the, the it's not going to do well. We, we want proteins put into a refrigerator or a freezer to preserve them, and, and that's kind of the world. A lot of people use um, room temperature protein structures to try to create something, and that doesn't give you the same quality result as if you used uh, a cryopreserved protein that's going to be in its healthiest state. Well, that's, that, that's a very good point. Um, using a steak that's been sitting, cooking a steak that's been sitting out for five days or using one that you just pulled out of the freezer. Yeah. The same thing with uh, some of these products. You know, they say, oh, room temperature works just the same. Well, no, because if you leave a protein out at room temperature, it degradates. Yeah, the, the protein breaks down, it denatures. And that always makes the protein less effective. And certainly, if it's a food, you wouldn't want to eat it. And I don't want to inject it in you either. <laughs> all right. So, now we're ready to open the doors and, and put all of these uh, applications to use. Yeah, so you're, you're, you're <laughs> so it's a long process. Um, I think what was interesting is that as as you really start digging, right? Okay, hey, it went from it went from you know fifty thousand feet down to ten thousand feet. Now now it's we're coming in for a landing. You know, <laughs> we're, we're crop dusting. Yeah, right. <laughs> we're ready to get this thing going. So you're like, okay, do we have everything? I mean, we visited McGowan. We feel comfortable with the protocols. Um, I, I'm 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 on board with extracellular matrix. I feel very comfortable with that being a, a great source to help patients heal for their tissue issues over like other things 
things like stem cells. Um, you know, we're, we're comfortable with our product now, and we know that we have a good product that we feel can be very beneficial in uh, creating the results that our patients are looking for. So, so now, like, what are those final things left over? And really, really, the last thing was like, okay, so lots of people when they come in, they don't have a, a yesterday injury, right? They, I didn't twist my ankle yesterday. I twisted it three years ago, and it's still hurting. And so the problem is you're like, okay, in the, in the wound healing world, right, you have this, this small window of being successful. Like the, the healing time frame is that first 90 days after an injury. If you really can't accomplish good recovery in those first 90 days, your body's gonna slow down and go into this delayed healing uh, state or this chronic non-healing state. So you can- Chronic versus acute. Yeah, and that's the difference. That, that acute stage gives our body and gives us as doctors the ability to create a lot of different environments to help make things heal. But if you're way down the road from that, now how do we accomplish that? And that's where we really started looking at a lot of different ways of stimulating the tissue to start waking it up so it can start that recovery process. And that's where some of the, so we call them electrophysical agents or electrical physical devices. So they're, they're, they're kind of specialized type of modalities. Like the two key ones we started with, one was was one was called a piezoelectric shockwave or piezoelectric shockwave, uh, as some would ask me to say, um, and the other one was laser. And so, what's unique about these, right? So, like the shockwave, it's it's a it's a it was a German technology and. Um, so I had learned about this in, in uh, actually from the vet world, and it was it had not hit the American shores, and so um, that was a, a, a technology that was really unique. The Germans are kind of the experts in kind of the electromagnetic spectrum, and this is an electromagnetic type of device. And so, what the idea is, you're you're using almost like an ultra, a kind of a, a superstructure ultrasound head, and you're compressing crystals together, and when you compress these crystals together, you create a sound wave, and we call that a piezoelectric shock wave. And so crystals, when they're compressed, right, they, they, and it's only through a crystal structure that you get this, this piezoelectric shock, that when you compress that, then you get the sound wave. Well, that sound wave would hit your tissue, and it's focused, so it comes out kind of in a big cone, and it narrows really fast, like, a, like an ice cream cone, right down into the tissue. Well, the tissue it's treating is collagen, and collagen in our body is a crystallized structure. So it creates this oscillating effect within that tissue, and it creates another compression within that collagen that creates another shock wave into your tissue. So now you have this very unique way of stimulating down to this cellular level a way to make this key structures that we were worried about in the foot and ankle world, collagen, which makes up our bone, which makes up our ligaments, which makes up our tendons. It's a big part of our muscles, right? This is a critical component of being able to get that structure healthy. And so, so this allows me a non-invasive way to start stimulating a tissue to start changing, to start <coughs> healing, to start remodeling. So we, we want, so in, in, in this world, when you take somebody who's three years out from an injury, well, how do we start it back up? Well, oh, look, we have this one technique that allows us to get to this deeper level to where we can really start functionally changing this. And when you do this, basically, 
telling the body to get back into a healing wake, state. Wake it back up. And so we get this very unique effect of, of releasing nitric oxide. And then with that release of nitric oxide, we get these growth factor effects that start up. And so when you're releasing nitric oxide and when you're releasing growth factors, you're restarting the healthy healing process. And is, is this also, does this... Uh, wake up the perivascular cells as well? It can, and that's the whole point, because <clears throat> so perivascular cells, just these stem cells that are uh, that are dormant in our body, we call it chemotactic, right? So they are chemotactically attracted, or there's a chemical component that has to happen to signal them to come to the wound, right? So when these special growth factors that you start to stimulate using these modalities, like this shockwave system, or laser does the same thing, where laser releases a nitric oxide, but then it works down to the cellular level to, it's called photobiomodulation. It makes the cell, the mitochondria, the engine inside the cell, more active. So that's going to kick up uh, healing. And when you're in a chronic state of non-healing, that cell has almost gone dormant. It's not functioning at a very healthy level. Now all of a sudden you have a way to kind of give it a kick in the pants to get going again. And now you have these two different elements going. Now they're both creating a cellular effect. That's stimulating a growth factor effect. That's creating a chemotactic effect that's causing these perivascular stem cells or your own body stem cells to show up at this wound. And now we have a recovery process that we've just kicked in gear to help you get better. And when you put that together, so we these special machines start become a very big part of how do we make this thing work? How do we how do we take you from step one to step seven and make sure that each of these steps are, are working? And so now we have a way to pre-stimulate a, a chronically old wound and then treat that with the ECM or extracellular matrix injections and then post stimulate this so that we're we're getting that high level of recovery we're looking for. So now we have these key critical steps in place that we we can really start to be helpful or productive for people. But, the, but don't these old injuries become these scarred gnarly pieces of tissue that are just that just cause issues yes they're bad right that's the, the by definition a chronic old injury is a bad scar. Okay. <laughs> so these people are stiff, they're painful, they have difficulties with function, they have difficulties with range of motion, and all that scarring, right? So, so and that creates pain, and pain makes us tight, and the tighter we get, the more t the, then the more painful we get, and we're just in this very bad cycle. Uh, and that's where most of these people, when you see them, that's where they're at. They're like, Doc, I, I'm, I, I have no range of motion, my foot hurts, my ankle hurts, whatever all the time um, and 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 I'm just stuck I'm in this all these treatments have been tried I've had one or two surgeries I'm still stuck now what do I do and, and so do the modalities that you just spoke of the laser and the piezo do they realign that collagen yeah, that's that's the beauty. That's exactly it. They they give us that control over those bad scars, over those bad injuries, that we can start make. So you it, so what it does is again it starts your body. I say, what are you doing, doc? I'm not doing anything. I'm making your. I'm using fancy tools and techniques and great technology to make your body do a better job. That's what I'm doing. I'm just trying to. If I if I understand the physiology, if I understand the bio 
biology of why, then if I do the right stimulus, then your body will do what it needs to do. That's what I learned years ago. That brace that saved my ankle years ago, what was fancy about it is it just created the right environment for my body to do a better job. It didn't have nothing to do with what I was doing, had nothing to do other than that brace was appropriately designed and it created that environment. So this is the same deal. You know, I'm no miracle worker. I just am trying to make your body do a better job by creating the right stimuluses at the right time so we can get the recovery of the tissue people need. And with these modalities that you're speaking of, is this why we are able to turn around an athlete with a fresh injury rapidly in, in days instead of weeks or months? C correct. Because now, right, th that fresh injury is something they just did. They're in this really really good healing stage. So what we want to do is control that, right? So, oh, they just got hurt, so we don't want it to swell bad. We want a little inflammation, not a lot of inflammation. We want to drive how we stimulate so the body starts moving in the right direction so it wants to start re rebuilding the tissue correctly and minimize the scarring component. So that, so now there's different ways that we can intervene. So we don't need my my injections per se most of the times. We don't need, you know, we don't need a lot of the fancy things things we do, now we drive, whether through these special modalities or through these different types of stimuluses that we do, we can drive how the body responds and how it responds more appropriately. But more importantly, we can accelerate the effect, right? Hey, normal recovery would be three or four weeks, but we can accelerate that recovery as we stimulate that body to do it more efficiently. That's awesome. You know what I'd like to quickly touch on, um, and maybe next time out? But I'd like to talk about people saying, well, I want to use my cells. And I always come back and say, well, when you go get your oil changed, do you just filter it and then put the oil, that oil back in? C you know, correct. if your cells were good, <laughs> yeah. you wouldn't be here. Well, that's part of the problem, right? If our body and our stem cells and our, you know, the, you know the, the bone marrow stem cells or the adipose stem cells were all that good, then we wouldn't be asking you for help, right? Right. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, and I think that is a critical thing. And, and not to knock that, but I think people need to understand there is a variety of ways of doing and one of the issues with adult stem cells are they're adult stem cells. Right. Yeah. Because I know the way I smoke cigars and drink Deck Daniels, I don't want my cells. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> it. We all put some life under our bodies. <laughs> and um, so that isn't necessarily the most um, healthy tissue that we can find. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, and we'll pick this up again soon. Thank you for listening to Strength Renewed with Dr. Thomas Hecker. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.